Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. teaching on women and the Bible. This show will air every Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the broadcast. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning to you, and welcome back to today's edition of Women of the Bible Teaching Series and Bi-Monthly Book Club on BWE Empowerment Radio. God bless you, and good morning. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. It is such a pleasure, beloved, to be back with you on this morning. If you have been with us throughout the week, we had such a blessed time in our revival. Uh, The topic was Speak the Word, and each night, Monday through Friday, we had ministers and pastors who were speaking the Word of God to encourage us. Amen. And if you were not with us, if you didn't get a chance to to join us each night, look for the replays on all of the BWE pages. It will surely bless you. Ah, glory to God. It will surely bless you. And we thank God for all of the ministers who were with us this week. So today, Saturday morning, we're back for Women of the Bible teaching series and bi-monthly book club. And I'm just so pleased uh, and happy to be with you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And as we begin this morning, glory, we give honor to God the Father, hallelujah, who woke us up this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And we give honor to, uh, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give honor to the Spirit of the Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. Hallelujah. And we give honor to our CEO and founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for her. Thank you for her vision. Yes, she withstood the testing. Thank you for her faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for our overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood, in the name of Jesus, for his support of this ministry and his prayers. We're grateful. Thank you for all of the ministers and pastors here at BWE. Glory to God. 
And thank you, beloved, each and every one of you who are with us this morning. Uh, we are, we're just full. Eh? We have feasted this week. Amen. And today we're going to continue to just speak the word of God and allow the Lord to have his way. So God bless you and good morning to you and welcome. If this is your first time, we welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You will need a Bible. Uh, glory, you will need a Bible. We'll be looking at a few scriptures this morning. Amen. The book that we are reading in our bi-monthly book club is The Politics of Jesus. The author is Obery M. Hendricks. Amen. We are approaching the end of the month. Glory, uh, we have today, Saturday, uh, amen, But uh, and, and another Saturday on next week. But for the month of May and June, we'll be starting a new series, Glory to God. We will be looking at the mothers, amen, uh, May, uh, May uh, in the month of May is Mother's Day, Glory. And for May and June, we're going to be studying the mothers, amen, of the church, if you will, in the word of God. We'll be looking at Sarah and we'll be looking at Rebecca, all of the mighty women of God. Amen. Glory to God. All of them. Glory to God, Jesus, for May and June. So you want to continue to tune in with us, beloved, throughout May and June. And we'll also have a new book in our, um, in our bi-monthly book club, but I'll announce that probably on next Saturday. Amen. Glory to God. Well, God bless you and welcome. This is Holy Week. Amen. Jesus, hope you had a blessed Good Friday on yesterday, and we're all looking forward to celebrating, glory to God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Hallelujah. On tomorrow, Resurrection Sunday, Jesus Christ is Lord, and he is risen. What a blessing it is. Yes, Jesus rose. Amen. Hallelujah. He rose. Glory to God. Amen. He rose. He is risen. The Son of God, the King of Israel, hallelujah, high priest over the house of Israel, Jesus is Lord. Amen, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we give God glory for this. As we begin this morning, we're in glory, uh, John's Gospel, amen, the reading assignment for today. And we won't be long this morning. The reading assignment for today in John's Gospel, chapter 20, we're going to focus in on uh, just a few verses there. And we'll be starting there at verse 17. Amen. Glory to God. Just focusing in there. But before we do that, oh my goodness, before we do that, let's pray this morning, beloved, for just a moment. Would you pray with me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Gracious Almighty Father, merciful Lord God, in the blessed name of your dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you for new mercies. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for being obedient to the will of God the Father to the point of death. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You are the prophet who is to come into the world. You came down from heaven not to do your own will, but the will of your Father who sent you. Thank you for your obedience, Jesus. Lift up, Lord God, every heart on the line, every soul. We 
thank you for such a powerful week of revival, all week long. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for every pastor, for every minister, for every teacher. Thank you for every soul who tuned in, who is encouraged to speak the word. And on today, Father, and tomorrow as co-laborers in the gospel, hallelujah, for the advancement of your kingdom, are speaking the word, lifting up Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Jesus, for the word made flesh. Thank you. Thank you for everything, Jesus, that you that you are. And for everything, Father, that you have given your son, Jesus Christ, your only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you so much. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. You didn't have to do it. We thank you. Where is the victory of death? Where is its sting? You have given us victory over sin and over death through our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, and we thank you. Manna from heaven, our bread of life, who have given your flesh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the life of the world. We thank you. You rose. You're seated at the right hand of God, the Father. And we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Thank you. Have your way in this hour. Flood this atmosphere, saturated with your spirit for your glory. Continue, O Lord, to speak your word. Your servants here, forgive us of our sins. Hallelujah. And help us, Father, better to be all that you, all that you, Heavenly Father, have intended us to be. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, beloved. And welcome to Women of the Bible Teaching Series and Bi-Monthly Book Club on BWE Empowerment Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. If you're just happy to be alive this morning, glory, God kept you through the night. He woke you up this morning, hey, and there's blood in your veins and breath in your lungs. If you're just happy to, to be alive, that you're still here, just lift up your hands where you are and bless God. Thank you, Jesus. You're just happy to be saved. Thank God for the blood. Just lift up your hands and bless Jesus. If you're excited that Jesus rose, that he has conquered death in his dying, oh, just lift up your hands and bless him. Praise him. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless you, Father, and we thank you. Glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen and amen, beloved. Ah, glory to God. Let's go to our message for this morning. Amen. We're in John's Gospel, chapter 20. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning to you, those of you who are joining in. If you're on uh, online or if you are by phone or if you are on social media there on Facebook, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. I, I hope I, I, I say that often enough so that you know just how much you are appreciated. We appreciate you, and we are grateful for your support. 
Thank you so much. Tell a friend if you're being blessed uh, by this ministry. Amen. Tell, tell somebody, invite someone to the line this morning or next Saturday morning if you come back. Come back. Amen. Come back with us on next Saturday. We have a blessed time, don't we? Don't we have a good time on Saturday mornings? Ain't nothing like waking up and starting your day off in the Word of God. Amen. Invite someone. Regina, God bless you, daughter. God bless you. Thank you for your support. Michelle, hallelujah. Miranda Dorsey, good morning. Tawana, Good morning, Stacy Taylor, all of you there. We appreciate you, and we're grateful for your support. So, women of God, men of God, let's get to the Word of God. Amen? John's Gospel, Chapter 20, was our reading assignment. Good morning, Vaughn. God bless you. Good morning to you, all of you on Facebook. Again, I can only see so many names at a time, so please forgive me if I don't mention your name, but you are appreciated. Kelly Williams, good morning, and God bless you. John's Gospel, Chapter 20. In fact, let's start there, why not, at verse 11, amen, and we'll come up, but we're just going to focus on on a key uh, verse in there, amen. John's Gospel, chapter 20, and the word of the Lord there reads, But Mary, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting. one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Good morning, Crystal. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, Mary, supposing him, Jesus, Mary, supposing Jesus to be the gardener, said to Jesus, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Haratoni, which is to say, teacher, the King James Version says, Master. Jesus said to Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go, just say go, go to my brethren, go to my brethren, go to the brothers, amen, and say to the brothers, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. This is the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. May the Lord add a blessing to his word that is already blessed. God bless you, Jerome. Good morning to you. All of you there, good morning, Louise. God bless you, Janice. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We just read John chapter 20 all of chapter 20, but we're focusing in particularly this morning on verses 11 through uh, verse 18. Now, our reading assignment, The Politics of Jesus, Aubrey M. Hendricks. I hope you had a chance to pick up that book. It is a blessing. And I just want to bring out something from the reading assignment. Now, we we have been doing this uh, current series that we're on, The Jesus Women Worship, Ladies Love, and Daughters Delight in, glory for March and for this month, April. 
And throughout this time, we have uh, just looked at the climate and the culture in some ways as it pertains to the treatment of women and the attitudes toward women in ancient Israel. Glory, we looked at uh, one of the statements that Josephus made, the historian, and uh, he writes for us. In fact, you can you can get Josephus's writings online. He is a well-respected historian, amen, among the Jews. And you can find his writings online. And he, he just gives uh, such incredible and remarkable insight into the history of the culture, amen, at that time of Israel and, and the men and women of Israel. And one thing that he writes for us, Josephus, this wasn't a, a writing assignment, beloved, but one thing that he does write for us and he tells us is regarding women that the, the testimony of women in ancient Israel was worthless. Uh, women were second-class citizens by and large. This is a patriarchal society. Women had minimal rights. They were uh, like property. You know, they could be divorced. Women could be divorced for any reason. A man, you know, not happy with his wife, he could divorce her for any reason. He didn't need a reason. If he just wanted to divorce her, he could go ahead and divorce her. Uh, the testimony of women was worthless. That's important because in our text for this morning, Jesus comes, and we've mentioned this before, Jesus who comes and he, he changes the, the, the game. He, he changes everything. Jesus elevates the status of women in Israel. He, he's giving a divine commission to a woman. And Mary Magdalene, we know her story. Uh, Mary Magdalene, uh, she, she, you know, she is the, the, the sinful woman out of whom Jesus cast seven demons. And uh, glory. And he gives a divine commission to a woman who, according to society at that time, her testimony would be worth nothing. And yet, the King of Kings, the King of Glory, the Lord of Lords, speaks to a woman and tells her to go. He gives the command to go and tell the brothers, go, Mary, tell the brothers, say to them that I'm ascending to my Father, to your Father, and to my God, and to your God. Now, there's more about women. And and this is what it says in our reading assignment. You had that part one, Aubrey M. Hendricks, and I'm going to quote uh, what he says here, Aubrey Hendricks, the author. And now he says, in, in, in biblical Israel, glory to God, and throughout all of the scriptures, there is an importance and a focus on justice. God is a lover of justice. And, and that's important throughout the Bible. We see this significantly. It's significant. All of God's teachings speak to us about justice, about righteousness, uh, that justice and righteousness are based on social relationships. And what he goes on to say is that in the Hebrew Scriptures, there is no word for individual. Let me say that again. In the Hebrew Scriptures, there is no word for individual, there's only the plural term for people or community. Community, not not individual, but community. This is what the author says, that justice is the divinely ordained way of relating to one another in human society. This is God wants us to be able to relate to one another, male, female, Jew, Greek, Roman. God wants us to be able to relate to one another, that the, the importance is on the community, not on the individual. Amen. Glory to God. But, but now, Aubrey Hendricks also goes on to tell us here, as we continue reading, that 
In practice, however, with all of the focus, and we're condensing this, with all of the focus that there is in the Bible on justice and on righteousness and how God wants us to be able to relate to one another and the importance is on the community, amen. In practice, amen, in practice, the males in biblical Israel did not consider that justice fully extended to the rights of women. And in fact, the unequal treatment, the unequal treatment consistently regard women as second-class members of society. Second-class members of society, even though all of the biblical ideals of justice are throughout the scriptures and the word of God, and the author says the problem lies in the too often oppressive hearts of men. Now, we didn't wake up this morning to, to male bash, and we don't do this series to male bash. I'm quoting from a, from a male author that the problem there of the regard of women as second-class citizens in ancient Israel and, and why women were frowned upon. And Mary Magdalene, her story has been so slanted throughout the ages, and even the Samaritan woman and our overseer, Dr. Apostle Underwood, vindicates uh, the Samaritan woman. who She's just a woman with five husbands who is a loose and a more woman and who can't keep a man. But Dr. Underwood tells us that, did you know that throughout the, uh, did you know that throughout time, this woman, this Samaritan woman was regarded as an apostle? We don't know this. Her story has just been so slanted, but he sheds light on that. He, he sheds the light on that and he tells us the truth that, okay, the woman, they, they did something wrong, they had a sin, they came and met Jesus, and now what's the problem? Now what's the problem? You, you met Jesus, you made a mistake. Yes, uh, you made a mistake. You had a sin in your life. You weren't always the holy, sanctified, uh, holy, sanctified, spirit-filled woman of God that you are today. When the woman comes and she meets Jesus, Jesus comes into her life, why is the focus still on the past? Because she, she's born again. She's a new creation. Every man in Jesus Christ is a new creation. She's born again. She's sanctified. She, she's blood-washed. But the focus still is on what she did before. Mary Magdalene, uh, she, she's just been so, uh, so harshly treated throughout the centuries that we walk away from her story. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman at the well, glory to God, Samaritan woman at the well was a loose and a more woman. Jesus comes and she talks with that Samaritan. He talks with the Samaritan woman at the well. He talks with her about theology. He comes to Mary and he casts out the demons out of her. And he gives her a commission to go and tell the brothers and to go and tell the men where her testimony means nothing. But he chooses this woman and tells Mary to go and tell the brethren. And the author here says that the problem is in the oppressive heart of the man to, to, to keep these women in these negative lights and these negative opinions and views and to keep bringing up their past. Glory to God. But Jesus honest him. Jesus honest. Jesus honest Mary Magdalene here. Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles. Mary Magdalene, the, uh, Mary Magdalene was regarded as a shameful woman, as a sinful woman, as a prostitute, and as a woman, she's in a patriarchal society. 
the minute that time, you know, they look at women as, as daughters of Eve. Eve who, uh, because of Eve, you know, it was Eve's fault what happened in the garden that we lost our place in the first place. And that's, a, that's another message. Because of Eve, uh, the childbearing and the pain that we have is because of Eve's mistake. And Eve, glory to God, they don't call women daughter of Abraham. They call women daughter of Eve. It has a negative connotation to that. It always reminds them that, you know, women are responsible for the curse of the world. Jesus comes and he says, daughter of Abraham. His daughter of faith. He, uh, Jesus lifts up our status. He elevates our, the status of women in society. And the gender discrimination and biases, though they are patriarchal society, whatever it is that's going on here is Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Prophet who is to come into the world. Glory to God, the bread from heaven. Ah, the bread from heaven. Glory, here is Jesus. And he says to the shameful woman, Mary, go. Go. Go and tell my brother. He gives her a command. What does it mean to go? What does it mean to go? When Jesus tells Mary to go, we see the word go throughout the scriptures. When God gives a divine command to someone, he tells it, he tells it to, to, to Abraham to come out of his people, to come out of his father's house, to go to a land that I will show you. That is a command. He's given a divine commission. There is an authority that is backing him up, that is backing Mary up. Have you ever heard the Lord tell you to go and to do something? There is a divine, uh, there's a divine commission. And God is backing her up in this. To go means to proceed or to happen in a given manner. It means to fare or to move on or to be carried on. To go means to proceed or to tend toward a result. To go means to apply yourself, to set oneself, and to undertake. So Mary has to get up and to go to stop weeping, to stop crying, Mary. Let's read the text again. Let's go to, in fact, let's go to verse 16. Jesus says to her, Mary. Mary turns and says to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher or master in the King James Version. Jesus says, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. That means, Mary, don't fasten yourself. Don't hold on to me. Mary had grabbed Jesus. She was holding on to him as if she would never let him go. But Mary was the worshiper. Women were worshiping Jesus. Remember, they would come and fall down at his feet and hold on to him. And Jesus says, Mary, you can't hold on to me and not let me go. You can't hold on to me. I have to go back to my father. I haven't yet ascended to my father. But I want you to go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father. He's my father and he's your father. And to my God and your God. He's my God and he is your God. Jesus Hallelujah. Mary the first, Mary Magdalene, the first one Jesus appears to. And Mary will go, and she will tell the disciples that she has seen the Lord and that he has spoken these things to her. Now, Jesus throughout the Bible has already spoken of his return to his disciples. And we'll get to this in a moment. And his disciples don't yet understand that Jesus has to rise, but Jesus has to rise. Jesus has to rise. He has to ascend to his Father. He has to go back where he came from. Well, where did Jesus come from? Where did he come from? Jesus is both fully human. He is both fully divine. 
Uh, he's fully human and he is fully divine. He is the son of man. He has to go back to where he came from. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. He has to go back. He's human, fully human, and he's divine. His two natures are inseparable. He will forever be the God-man, fully God and fully human. There are two distinct natures in one person. Glory to God. Uh, Jesus took on a human nature. He remained fully God at the same time. He's always been God. Amen. He says, truly, I say to you before Abraham, I was, or rather I am. He says, I am, I am the father of one. Uh, the word became flesh. It dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, Jesus always was. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was made flesh, born of the Virgin Mary. Mary, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she conceived in her womb that which uh, has always been. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus has always been. He became human, born of, became human flesh, amen, born of a Virgin Mary. He's God's son and that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but he has always existed. When he was conceived, he became in human flesh. In addition to being God, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, both God and man, he has always been God. He has always been God. He became flesh when he was conceived in Mary. He became flesh in Mary's womb. Glory to God. And he became in flesh, a human being, in order to identify with us in our struggles. That Hebrews said that chapter 2, verse 17 says he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of his people. Jesus is fully human and fully divine. Uh, he, he's fully human and fully divine, and he has to ascend unto his Father. He has to go back to where uh, where he has come from. In the beginning was the Word. He's always been God. He tells us, amen, when he speaks that he has to go back, he tells his disciples throughout the Bible, this is what he says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He came down from heaven, amen. And he confuses the Jews who are confused by him. The Jews say, well, how is it? That he says, I have come down from heaven. Jesus says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? Well, where was he before? And what does he ascend to? Jesus goes back to be with his Father in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father. Where he was before, amen, Ah, where he was before. I shall be with you a little longer, and then I go to him who sent me, he tells them. If I know where I come, I know where I come from. And where I'm going, he tells us in chapter 8 of John's gospel, I am from above, I am not of this world. He tells us in chapter 10, I and my Father are one. We are one. Uh, Jesus knew uh, Jesus knew his hour had come to depart with his father in chapter 13. And in chapter 14, in fact, let's go there, beloved. We, we hear chapter 14 read so much. You ever go to a home-going service for someone, and it's very comforting in John's Gospel, chapter 14. You have your Bible. Turn there with me this morning. Amen, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus. John chapter 14. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And this is what he says there, chapter 1, uh, I'm sorry, verse 1, chapter 14, verse 1. 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And what does he say? Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to my and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He has to go back to his Father in heaven to prepare a place for us. In his Father's house are many mansions. Glory to God. Thank God we we, we got somewhere to go after all this is over. Amen. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My mother went home to glory over a year ago. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God. Jesus went ahead of her to prepare a place for her. Jesus went ahead of each and every one of us to prepare a place for us. In my Father's house are many mansions. Amen, Jesus. So Jesus has to get back with his Father. He has to ascend to his Father as he tells Mary here. So he says, Mary, don't cling to me. I have not yet ascended to my Father. And Jesus tells us in chapter 14, a little while longer... And the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Jesus will come again. He will come again. Every eye shall behold him. And he will come again, the angels tell us, in the same manner in which he has left. We will see him. Angels ascending and descending upon the same uh, upon the same man, the same in the same manner. Angels descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. Glory to God. In the same manner which he has ascended to his Father in heaven, he's going to come again. Every eye shall behold him. Jesus will return. But in our text for this morning, Jesus speaks to Mary, to Mary Magdalene, and he tells her to go. Now, when Jesus was crucified, we went over this last week, the disciples, though they had promised Jesus will be with you to the death, Though they had promised this, and they all, not just Peter, all of the men, made the same declaration of faith. But when it hits the fan, they leave. They're frightened. It's understandable. They're frightened. They're scared. All right? It's understandable. We're not beating them up. Amen. We don't know. You know, we're not, we weren't in their shoes, and we don't know what we might do. And they leave. But the women, we spoke on this last Saturday. They followed Jesus all the way. The women were right there. Glory to God. They stayed with Jesus until the end. And now he, Jesus, he, he comes and he gets of all people, glory to God, Mary Magdalene, and gives Mary Magdalene the divine commission to go and to speak to the men and to say that she has seen him. To say that she has seen him. And Mary Magdalene has the responsibility. Now, the fact that Jesus rose is the foundation of our faith. The fact that Jesus rose is the very foundation of our faith. And why is that so important? Why is it important that Jesus rose? What do you think? Why is it so important that Jesus rose? If Jesus did not rise, we, 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 glory, if Jesus did not get up from the cross, we have no hope. We have no faith. Why does it matter? Why does it matter that Jesus rose? 
Is it so important? Why was it so important? Why was it so important? When the soldiers came to the grave, to the tomb, and they saw that it was empty, they constructed a lie to say, well, we'll just say that the disciples came and the disciples took the body because we can't afford to let this get out that Jesus rose. But Jesus rose. He got up from the cross. He rose on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. But why does all of this matter? Jesus predicted his resurrection. He told his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed and be raised on the third day. He told them this. He made numerous appearances to his followers, comforting the mourners outside his tomb on Sunday morning. Uh, He explained things about himself from the Old Testament. On the road he ate in their presence. He invited Thomas to touch him. And the scripture records that Jesus was seen by more than 500 at one time. Glory to God. We have enough evidence for the resurrection. But why was it so important that Jesus rose and why does it matter? Whether he rose from the dead or stayed in the grave, why does it matter? Jesus, why does it matter to you, beloved? If you're on Facebook, would you just just post what, what you think there? Amen. The resurrection that Jesus got up off of the cross was divine. The fact that he died on the cross, amen, Jesus, his deity is proven by fulfilling the prophecies of his death and by his return from the grave. The Bible declares that in Romans 1-4, being raised from the dead, Christ was proved to be the mighty son of God with the holy nature of God himself. Romans 1-4, let's say that again. Being raised from the dead, Jesus was proved to be the mighty son of God with the holy nature of God himself. Jesus rose, therefore, it proves that he is the son of God with the holy nature of God himself, that he's fully divine, that he's fully human, that he is the son of God. The resurrection proved Christ's power to forgive sin. And the Bible says, 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. If Jesus did not get up off of the cross, if he did not rise from the dead, our faith means nothing. We're still in our sins at First Corinthians 15, verse 17. His resurrection reveals his power over death. The Bible says Christ rose from the dead and will never die again. Huh? He will never die again, glory. Death no longer has any power over him in Romans 6, 9. His resurrection secures our victory over death as well. Amen. And it lifts us up from the grave into glory along with Christ, where we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 2, 6. The resurrection, because Jesus got up, proves that it shows that uh, Jesus defeated God's enemy. Jesus defeated God's enemy. From the moment, from the moment of the original rebellion in the garden until the day of the cross, Jesus, uh, Jesus, has had this fight with the devil, amen, who has tried to overthrow God's kingdom. 
Satan indeed must have thought and may have thought that he had won this war, that he had won. Cross was heaven's triumph. And when Jesus Christ arose, the power of sin and death was forever shattered. Because of the resurrection, we need neither fear Satan nor death ever again. The resurrection matters. It matters. It shows that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, that he has defeated death, that, uh, that he, uh, he rose from the dead and will never die again, that death has no power over him, that he's fully divine, and that he is fully human. Glory to God, it matters. And the person whom Jesus chose to go tell the brothers that he rose, to witness to the power to his power on the cross of Calvary. The person that he chose was a woman, Mary Magdalene, whose testimony as a woman at that time meant nothing, whose status as a woman at that time was inferior to men, seen as property, glory. Jesus chose the same shunned woman, talked about woman, Woman of a reputation, woman with seven demons, the foundation of our faith. He chooses a woman to go and spread the news and tell the brothers, I have not yet ascended to my Father in heaven, Mary, but go and tell them, go tell them, I'm going to be with my Father, my God and your God, my Father and your Father. And Mary Magdalene, here comes this woman. Glory to God. Won't won't Jesus turn it around? Amen. Glory to God. Won't Jesus turn? Won't he he turn it around? Glory to God. And here comes Mary with the news that Jesus, hallelujah, she's seen Jesus. Glory to God. Mary was sleeping. She was crying. Uh, She says, you carried him. You carried him away. Tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. Mary had an, had planned she was going to take Jesus and, 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 you know, take him away and take care of him. But Jesus says, Mary, I haven't ascended to my father. I have to go back to my father. Don't cling to me. Not right now. Don't fasten yourself on to. Don't hold on to me. But what I want you to do is to go and tell the brothers the good news. Go and tell the men Go and tell the brothers, I'm going back to my father and to your father. He's your father. I'm going back to my God, and he's your God, and he's your God. And Mary comes with the good news. Here comes this shunned woman. Here comes this woman who has a reputation, who's been talked about and slandered. And she's the one to bring the good news of the gospel. Now, the brothers must believe Mary. The brothers at this time, because they weren't at the cross with Jesus, you know, they can't look at Mary and say, oh, your testimony don't mean nothing. We don't believe you. No. The brothers must believe Mary. They must believe the testimony. They must believe her witness and her eye, not just her eyewitness. They must believe her. And she tells them everything. She's seen the Lord. He spoke thus to me. Y'all know a few days ago, Jesus, you know, you know, they crucified him and and put the nails through his flesh. Y'all know about that. 
put the nails through his flesh and crucified him and gave him sour wine to drink. You know, he was pleading and he was dying and his mother was there and the mothers were there, amen, with him. Y'all know about that, right? And they took his body out of he took his body down after he died. He gave up the coast and the earthquake and saints of the bodies were seen. You know about all those things that happened, all the fires and the, and the wonders and how the sky grew back. I know about that, amen. He put, Jesus put, wrapped him up, put him in the tomb. He was out of here. He was dead. So I got some good news. Thomas, I know you ain't going to believe this because you're going to have to put your hand in Jesus' side. And Peter, you ain't got to feel bad about it no more, amen. You, you said that you would always be there, but, you know, when, she, when it came time for you to be there, you weren't there, but you ain't got to feel bad about it no more. And if you're doubting and if you're wondering and if you're not sure and if you're not certain, and Matthew and Sean, and come on, bro, all the brothers Mary goes to, amen, all of the men she goes to, I got some good news. They thought they took Jesus out. They thought, you wonder what Mary's testimony was when she came and what she said and how she said it to Peter and to James and to John and to Matthew. You wonder what she said. Y'all know they they thought they took Jesus out, right? Yeah, Mary, what happened? What happened, Mary? Well, I saw Jesus. Jesus is alive. He spoke to me, y'all. It's going to be all right. It's going to be, I know you thought it was over, but it's going to be all, we're going to be all right, amen. Jesus is risen, Jesus rose. We're going to be all right. They thought they killed our master and our teacher. They thought they killed him. They thought they killed our hope and our dream and our way out of this. But it's going to be all right, y'all. We're going to be all right. I saw Jesus. I saw him and he spoke to me, amen, Jesus. And then Jesus will go on. And he will appear to his disciples. And this is what he says to them. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. He showed them his hands and he showed them his side. And the disciples were glad. Amen. They were glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad. They were happy when they saw him. Hallelujah. Man, my God, man, Jesus, I don't know. You know, we, we thought it was over. No, it ain't over. Jesus rose. I got up off the cross. It was. It had to be done. It had to be done. But I want you to know, Jesus, that Jesus Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him, according to Romans. Colossians 2.15 says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2 says, uh, uh, through death he destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And he set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Glory to God. Uh, Jesus abolished death. He brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Second Timothy, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. He is risen. Mary says, y'all, we're going to be all right. And yes, we are going to be all right. Jesus Christ rose. He rose with all power. He rose with all authority. 
Jesus Christ is Lord. It's going to be all right. He chose a woman to go to the men and to tell them that she had seen him. And a woman goes and speaks to the men the foundation of our faith that Jesus rose was entrusted to a woman who would go and tell a man. Jesus has elevated the status of women in ancient Israel and in ancient Palestine. Glory to God. Glory to God, daughter of Abraham. Mary go, the Samaritan woman goes, and the Samaritan woman goes, and she tells the men, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? This revolutionary teacher, this this death-defying Lord and Savior who is risen, who is resurrected, yes, women love him. Men love him. Women worship. Ladies love and daughters delight in who would not love a God like that? Who would not love a Savior like this? Who would not worship and adore him and praise him and bow down before him and lift up their voice and sing his praise? He rose from the dead, got up from the cross. Jesus Christ is Lord. And Mary is the one who brings the news, a woman, if that isn't enough to, that there ought to be respect for women in ministry. If that isn't enough, that there, you know, we, that there shouldn't be such gender bias and gender discrimination. And yes, there is order. There is divine order. Yes, there is. Amen. But if that isn't enough to cause us to, to have respect for the women who bring the message for the women who bring, rather bring the word of God, Jesus. For the women who are sent, who are commissioned, who are divinely empowered. If that isn't enough, Jesus, that Jesus honors Mary. Tells Mary, go tell the men. Sends her with a word. She sent. There's an apostolic commission there. She sent to the men who are sent. She is to go to the men who are to go. Mary's witness, amen encourages them at a time when when that time they don't know what has happened. Mary says, I saw him. We're gonna be all right. And it's gonna be all right, James. It's gonna be all right, Matthew. It's gonna be all right. Glory to God, Peter. It's gonna be all right. To all of the disciples, to all of the men, amen, Jesus, for the woman who brings the word of God to tell the men it's gonna be all right. Jesus rose. I saw him. He spoke to me. He gave me a word. And it's going to be all right. And we thank God today, Father, for your dear son, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for this precious gift of your son. You so love the world, Father, that you gave your gotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so grateful for you. Thank you for the women who serve in ministry. Thank you for BWE. Thank you for the men who serve in ministry. Thank you for your pastors and your teachers. Thank you for your apostles. Thank you for the women, Lord God, to whom you say go, and women go, and they bring the message, and they speak the word. Ah, thank you, Father. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being the God that we love, for being the Lord that we love. Thank you so much. Glory to God. We thank you for the precious gift of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. You rose, you defeated death, you defeated dying, and we have no need to fear. I don't care what the doctor's report is. Amen, Jesus. We have no need to fear because Jesus rose and he is risen. And we thank you, Father. Bless every heart that joined in this morning, I pray. I know we didn't do a lot of hooping and hollering this morning, amen, but uh, as a topic and for this week, speak the word, the word of God, amen. And we thank you, Father. God bless you, Miranda and Regina. God bless you, Vicki and Harena and Beverly. God bless you, women of God. Thank you. Dr. King, who is up this morning, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Underwood. Thank you, Evangelist Raferna Reed. Thank you for the women in ministry here at BWE and for all of your daughters, Lord God, who serve you and who say yes to you. We thank you. Well, Jesus is risen. Mary went and told the brothers, she told the men, y'all's going to be all right. Y'all ain't, ain't got to be afraid no more. Y'all can, you ain't got to be hiding no more. Come on out. Jesus got up off the cross. It's all right. Thank you. And the men are encouraged through the witness and the powerful testimony of a woman who was sent by God. And we thank you, Father, for the women in ministry today. God bless you. You have been listening to Women of the Bible teaching series and bi-monthly book club on BWE Empowerment Radio. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. I enjoyed this message this morning. I pray that you did, too. We just talk about Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe we'll hoop and holler on next Saturday. Amen. But for today, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen, and he loves you. God bless you, women of God. God bless you, men of God. We will be back, God willing, on next Saturday at 7 a.m. Be sure to tune back in. And don't forget, for May, we will be looking at the mothers of the church, starting with Sarah. Amen. We're looking at Eve, all of the women, in a matriarchal role in the Bible. Amen. God bless you. The Lord be with you. Have a blessed Sunday on tomorrow. Amen. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Don't forget to join us for Sunday's Word. God bless you, and we will be back next Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.